The following podcast is a member of the Pokecasters Network. Pokecasters Network, supporting Pokemon content creators, their shows, and the community of Pokemon fans. To find out more, check out pokecastersnetwork.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Hello, and welcome to Lucas Lectures, hosted by the big fish himself, veteran Lucas. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's topic. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Lucas Lectures. It's me, Veteran Lucas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic day or night whenever you are listening. Now, for today's episode and for the next three episodes, including this one, we are going to be starting our spooky Halloween celebrations. We are going to start talking about monsters and critters that really will chill your blood. And naturally, since I'm the opening act for this one, I got to warm up for my friends and they start up on the next one. Now, For this specific episode, in case you haven't pieced it together from the title up there, we are going to be talking about Lickitung. Turns out, what was a one-off joke in our last episode is going to be an entire 15 to 20 minute section. Who knew? Now, the reason I want to talk about this Pokemon is because, one, it's Halloween season, and at this time of the year, every Pokemon content creator, including us, goes into myths and legends and ghosts and dark types and... And whatnot like that, because that's what you do on Halloween. You talk about ghosts. But for this episode, I want to discuss the true horror of this one Pokemon piece by piece and how it might relate to real-world organisms, uh, if there are any that actually relate to this horrifying blob. Uh, this thing chills my blood. Lickitung, to me, is one of the absolute scariest Pokemon to run into in the Pokemon world. Let's say you are five years old and you wander into the tall grass against Mommy's permission... And you just meet a lick of tongue. You're not going to see that kid anymore. And we're going to be talking about why. By the end of this, Game Freak will be putting lick of tongue and Licky Licky in their precious little Spooky Cup 2022 instead of Slurpuff. I got to go off on this. Like, seriously, look up the list that they put out for their Spooky Cup that's going on online. And they put flippin' Slurpuff. I get it. They're trying to go with the candy and the sweet look. But I mean, come on. Come on, when you're trying to name something the Spooky Cup, don't put that miserable candy-coated dog in there. That is pathetic. Also, uh, wanted to get this out of the way. Uh, the deck states that Lickitung has a tongue like a chameleon. One, how do they know what a chameleon is? And two, not really. Uh, the anime actually shows it rolling its tongue into its mouth like a fruit roll-up in reverse. No, it's not like a chameleon. The only thing the thing has in common with a chameleon is that it eats bugs, and it's got a really long tongue. That's it. It is barely like a chameleon to begin with. All right, so let's get started. Now, let's start off with the outside. Let's start with just by looking at this wondrous pink blob of death. Lickitung stands at just over a meter tall, or almost four feet, and weighs at about 65.5 kilograms, or 144 pounds. Uh, it is bipedal which means it walks on two legs. It's got weird little stubby arms and one spiked thumb on each arm. And it's got that huge pink tail. Now, I believe the huge pink tail is actually ridiculously useful given how long the tongue is. This animal needs to be able to balance itself when it shoots at the tongue. I think that the tail functions as more of like a big counterweight. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the weight was focused more towards its back as opposed to its core. Now, its body color is what really weirds me out from an animal perspective. Its body is bright pink with white markings, and its skin seems to be like thick, like a pig or a seal or an elephant. Uh, This is where 
the biology training kicks in because with all this information, you can actually take a few cracks at what this animal's habitat might be. Now, if I didn't know anything about this Pokemon, anything at all, I would look at its eyes, I would look at its color, and I would assume that its design comes from living in a cave or living in darkness. That pink coloration, the lack of real pigment or and the small beady eyes is something you see in things like naked mole rats or other cave-dwelling animals or burrowing animals. They don't really need their eyes because they can just find their way without it. However, despite what my biology degree would tell me, I am completely wrong. Kanto has this thing wandering around in the woods. This thing does not care what anyone thinks of its coloration. Even tigers and great white sharks try and blend in in order to stay, you know, hidden so they can jump their prey. Uh, great white sharks have the counter shading to blend in with the ocean light, and tiger striping actually blends really, really well in tall grass. But this thing just doesn't care. This thing is bright pink, it is out here, it is very much aware that it stands out, and everything else can see it. Which means that it probably doesn't have too many predators. I mean, if you think about it, if you're trying to stand out, or if you're just standing out in general, you're going to be a sitting duck. Which means that every other Pokemon in its area is probably leaving it alone, for what are assumed to be obvious reasons. Now, if you look at its hands, they are pretty useless. They don't really use anything for grasping or cutting. So when you'd look at this thing with its mouth closed, you would assume, okay, how is this thing moving around? But then you see its tongue, and you start to learn an awful lot about why it has such weaker arms. It has evolved away the need for complex arms because its tongue can do all the heavy lifting. Literally, you can see the same thing in snakes, where snakes have actually lost their outer appendages for the most part. If you look up pelvic spurs on a python, you'll see that they have little nubby nubs left that they'll use for other things. So let's talk about the tongue, because that's what we're all here for. Why is this tongue so absolutely terrifying? Uh, when people think about meeting a real-life Pokemon... Half of the community thinks about how fun it would be to have a poke friend, and while the others see the true terror and horror and destruction that would bring. Lickitung's tongue puts it on the latter half of that list. This thing horrifies me. A Lickitung's tongue can stretch over seven feet. That is twice, almost twice, its body length. It is used in place of its arms for picking things up, memorizing new objects by taste, and capturing prey. This tongue has so many uses, it is one of the greatest body parts to ever exist in fiction from a biological standpoint. If you could have any extra appendage from the Pokemon world, I'm sure some of you would choose something less disgusting, but for my money, that tongue would probably be really, really useful. For starters, that massive head is probably holding a massive brain to not only coordinate how this thing moves, but also store memory from everything it tastes. According to the decks, Lickitung will remember everything it tastes that's why it's constantly licking things it's remembering where it is remembering what it is and processing that this sounds crazy difficult but in our world we do this thing all the time humans pull this off dogs pull this off it's literally the same thing as like oh i tasted mushrooms like uh, 20 years ago and i still remember how i hated that taste so i don't eat them anymore or it's the same thing when you give a dog broccoli for the first time he'll chew on it a little more than spit it out Try and eat it again and spit it out again. They will remember that. This is something you see in mammals all the time. It's really, really cool to see when you think about it that way. And some animals even take it even further. Uh, this this next one gets a, a little gross. But things like giraffes and rhinos were actually able to taste the um, excretion 
of a female and tell if they're ovulating or not, if they're ready to have babies. And that's all just from taste. So there's some pretty amazing tongues in our animal kingdom. Lick-a-tongue just seems to have it too. Now the other thing this thing can do is it can grab stuff and hold on to something. The tongue actually is prehensile. It works almost like a finger to grab and hold things, uh, despite how thick it is. This tongue can grab or hold just about anything due to all the nerves that are packed into it. It's actually similar to an octopus's arm or an elephant's trunk or even a giraffe's own tongue. Giraffe tongues are prehensile. They can stretch out about uh, 14 to 18 inches. They're really, really long. And from my personal experience, the drool is sticky. Like, just, just not great. Uh, speaking of sticky, uh, the saliva. The saliva is where everything gets real, real weird. The other stuff before is neat. It's cool. It's similar to our own world, but still, you know, possible in the animal kingdom. The saliva is not only sticky enough to trap a full-size bug type, but also sterile enough that it uses it to clean things, and then somehow toxic enough to cause rashes for anything that touches it. Mammals do take tongue baths all the time. That's pretty normal. Your cats and dogs do it quite often. It's the other properties that freak me out. So as far as how sticky the tongue can get, that's probably going to be something similar like a pangolin saliva. A pangolin's tongue is coated in a sticky saliva that allows it to slurp up ants at a ridiculous pace. Thousands of ants a day can be slurped up and broken down by these animals. Now, as far as its ability to cause irritation, if you read the Pokedex entry, if you get some of its spittle on you, it it does come off, but if you don't wash it off quick enough, the irritation and reaction will stay forever. Like, you will constantly just have an itchy rash. Now, keep in mind, humans have animal-based reactions to things all the time. Like, there are people who are allergic to dogs that'll burst out in hives. That's something that does happen. And if you don't wash it off, I mean, it's not going to stay forever, but it still hurts. Now, the other thing you can do, again, is paralyze its prey. You've seen this in the animes and the shows and the games where if you use lick, you have a chance to paralyze. Its saliva is some kind of neurotoxin, which we actually do see. Uh, there are neurotoxins produced by spider and bacteria that can paralyze even massive animals. However, there ain't no animal or thing on Earth that can do all three of those things, and that's the scary part. So, how does it work? How could all of this work in a basic scientific setting? Well, my best guess is that the saliva itself already has that cleansing ability. It's just like normal saliva, like yours or mine or a dog's. But inside the mouth, I think there are glands. I think there are specialized glands that are built in to release different chemicals that react to the saliva. An animal that does something similar to this, uh, albeit not with saliva, but with ocean water, is the hagfish. If you've never met a hagfish before, they are a fish that will release a chemical into the water that will turn any piece of seawater around them into like a synthetic plastic-like slime that chokes sharks and anything else trying to eat them. You can have this chemical release and then react to the outside stimuli. Or in this case, it's releasing a chemical that is reacting to the saliva and changing its chemical structure to do more harm. I think these glands in the mouth, mixed in with saliva, are doing some pretty terrifying stuff. Let's say if the lick-a-tongue spots a prey item. This might trigger a gland to secrete the toxin that would cause the stickiness and paralysis. If you want to see how well this works, go ahead and Google your favorite food and see how soon it takes for you to start drooling. Our bodies subconsciously react 
to different stimuli. You don't tell your body, okay, body, start producing saliva, we're going to eat. No, you just start thinking of that massive milkshake with Oreos and Reese's Pieces swirled together and with your two favorite ice creams of cookie and cream and cotton candy, just whipped cream, light sprinkling on the top with the side of steak. Oh, heaven. See, I'm already drooling. I'm not even making this up. This is just something that happens when you are an animal. The other really cool thing about this thing is that it's body needs to grab a hold of something without eating it uh, that gland can just secrete the sticky part alone it doesn't need to secrete the paralysis as well this will allow it to not need its arms this allows it to grab stuff without poisoning itself or without poisoning anything else you don't want to waste the chemicals that are in that venomous gland now if a lick a tongue licks you you better pray it wants to just memorize you the next says that it, that allergic reaction, like I said, it does not come off. It will last your entire life. This thing is already one of the most terrifying Pokemon you could ever run across in the Pokemon world. Because, to be honest, even if it's not trying to paralyze you, the fact that you are going to be constantly itching for the rest of your life, that just makes me want to break out the boiling hot water and some good old-fashioned steel wool just in case. Now, by now... You can guess while running into this thing could be really, really scary in the wild, it probably couldn't get much worse. And you'd be right if you were, you know, born before Gen 4 when they made this monster evolve and get somehow worse. Gen 4 gave us the wildly round Licky Licky and Licky Licky ranks as one of my least favorite Pokemon designs. And now... It ranks in one of my most horrifying Pokemon somewhere in the top 20. Everything about Lickitung gets worse. Everything. For starters, the tongue goes from being 7 feet to an absolutely stupid 82 feet. I ain't making that up. You can go look in the decks. They decided to say that they have tongue stretching competition and they spread 82 feet. And because we are a Poke Science podcast, we have to follow the text exactly and just try and come up with the reason. Truth be told, I can't come up with a reason. That's really, really, really stupid. But if we're taking this from the point of living with this thing, I wouldn't want it anywhere near me. The saliva now not only paralyzes, but it seems that when it evolved, it picked up another gland. One that's corrosive. It is said that this thing's saliva can decompose anything it touches. Imagine, you're just somewhere in the woods, you're trying to just enjoy yourself, and you just see a licky licky literally roll on up. You think you're fast, but imagine this massive tongue just coming at you and wrapping around your leg. This thing is going to rip you in half because as soon as that tongue wraps around you, it is going to slowly start dissolving you, paralyzing you, and it will not let go. They will find half of your remains in the woods and the other half inside the Licky Licky. I don't mean to get so dark on some of you younger ones, but this thing is horrifying. Or you're going to be like, oh, why don't I feel my feet? It's because it literally took half of your body. Licky Licky somehow took a horrifying pink blob and made it more horrifying. I don't even understand why this thing isn't in the Spooky Cup because of that. I checked. The Spooky Cup does not have this horrifying monstrosity in it. And it makes me concerned that Pokemon doesn't actually read their Pokedex entries. They just kind of throw it together and forget about it. I, I gotta end this thing here because this thing really does give me the creeps. But it really does go to show you. 
it's not always the ghosts or the dark types or the dragons or the mythical beings that can fart tornadoes. It's sometimes just the things that live in your backyard that can be the most horrifying if you take the time to look at them. Now, as far as things that concern me, if I were dropped off in the Pokemon world, running into one of these in the woods would be much higher on my list than running into something like a Tyranitar. And that is because things like Tyranitars are like territorial and they like to keep their own space and they're really hard to evolve. A Lickitung is just born that way. Like by the time it comes out of its egg, I think its first move is Lick. So you're already doomed if you run into even a level 5 or level 1 one of these things. So keep that in mind if you're thinking about some horrifying monsters in the Pokemon world or if you're making some sort of spooky team. There's not always going to be angry ghouls or myth that comes to life. Sometimes it's just some pink horrifying blob that lives in the woods. Forget the uh, clowns that live in the sewer. It's the tongue monster in the tall grass that's going to really chill my blood. Now this is only one of our Halloween based episodes. We are going to be having at least two more. So you guys will get plenty of chance to find your spooky Pokemon. Now, if you do not think that Lickitung is that scary, if you do not think this little rant and tangent I went on chills your blood in any regard, go ahead and let us know on our Twitter or Facebook. To me, this thing is pretty horrifying, but I'm sure you guys have your Pokemon that truly scare you. The rest of the gang will be with you on our next episode to talk more about some horrifying mons. Until then, have a wonderful rest of your day or night. Please go ahead and give a shout-out on our twitter or our facebook if you guys like what you hear give a review on one of your podcast channels and tell a friend we've been doing really well recently and it's because you guys are sharing and helping us out we cannot thank you enough for that we'll see you guys around peace